0: Hi, and welcome to the Days Gone podcast. I'm Claire Weaver, a screenwriter, author, and Days Gone fan, and this podcast is a place to discuss the game in all its glory, share my opinions, both popular and unpopular, and listen to me fangirl over one of the best games ever made. There will be spoilers ahead, so continue at your own risk. Welcome to The Freak Show. I am so excited today. I finally have a guest on my podcast. It's not just going to be half an hour of me talking to myself and yelling into the void. Um, I would like to welcome Anthony from the Weird Crew podcast. Welcome.
1: Hey guys, what's up? Very, very happy to be here. Um, Days Gone is one of my favorite video games of the previous generation, and I haven't really had too much of an opportunity to talk video games on my podcast. It's not a you know, strictly video game podcast, but I'm definitely down to dip my feet into the video game realm because video games are definitely a big part of my life. I've been playing since I was a kid. I'll be 33 in just, uh, just a couple short weeks and I have no plans on stopping playing video games anytime soon.
0: Awesome. And happy birthday for in a couple well, weeks time.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs> Becoming an old man.
0: So we, we met on Instagram uh, just through that sort of podcasters connecting with other podcasters thing. And I must say, the name of your podcast really stuck out to me, The Weird Crew Podcast. I love everything weird. I'm a self-described weirdo. What makes you weird?
1: Well, what makes me weird? That in and of itself is a weird question. I'm not normal. I stay up all night. I sleep during the day. If I have a choice, you know I'm very much of a night owl. Uh, I love horror stuff. I like I like you know I like skateboarding. I like fishing. I like dipping my feet into so many different things that don't even make sense. Even when it comes to my music selection, I think all that bundled up makes me weird. And the fact that we just have so many weird topics that we discuss on our podcast—we got nostalgia, aliens, ghosts. We had two episodes on pet peeves. We had an episode on Jack the Ripper. I've had a professional skateboard on my podcast, Beaver Fleming. Uh, We had Halloween special that we did last year where we uh, courted submissions from our listeners, where they sent in all their creepy paranormal experiences. So that was a lot of fun. We're doing that again this year. So next month, you guys will have that to look forward to. We did an episode on cults. Um, We've had actors. We've had politicians. Um, We had an episode called Stupid Questions where we went through some of the dumbest questions ever asked on the internet, and we kind of just gave our reactions to it. Um, (laughs) I have to
0: ask, I haven't listened to that one. Are there, they always say there are no such, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Is there? Give me a spoiler.
1: Uh, Well, um, if Batman's parents died, then how was he born? They really didn't think that one through, did they?
0: Uh, Okay, yeah, that's. yeah. Yeah. There are stupid questions. <laughs> yes.
1: We, we collaborated with a another show that was on YouTube called Whiny Women, where they talk about wine. And I am, listen, I am not much of a wine drinker at all. Uh, I got drunk one time off cheap-ass red wine, and just the smell of wine, I can't. So... Wine is not my thing, but for the wine lovers, I'm sure they will appreciate that when we had an episode on Google reviews where we just went through like some of our favorite restaurants and places that we enjoy going to and eating, and we read the one-star reviews because these places we know are good. We know these places are bomb, but what we want to do is we wanted to hear from people who think that these places suck. You know? mm-hmm. We wanted to hear from the Karens of the world, so to say. <laughs> And so that was a lot of fun just just reading the one-star reviews and just hearing people's complaining. It's always fun. I yeah. um, had an episode on Weird Dreams, Astral Projection, Superheroes, Life, Death, and the Mysterious, which we collaborated with another podcast, Suffolk City Podcast. We just been having fun, hypothetical situations. Uh, our most recent episode, we had uh, Shelby Scott from the Scare You to Sleep podcast, which is my personal favorite mm-hmm. horror podcast out there. People that know me, I love horror. I love everything paranormal. I would can't, I would cancel Netflix before I cancel my Shutter subscription anytime. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the reasons why I love Days Gone, because I mean, aside from it being a zombie game, there are some real horror elements to that game, which I really, really love.
0: Right, yeah. Well, let's let's get into it. Let's talk about what why we love Days Gone and and what about it specifically sets it apart from other games. I mean, me personally, I am a huge post apocalyptic zombie horror nut. It's my favorite sub genre of horror, and I just eat that shit up. I, I absolutely love it. Um, so when I saw Days Gone, and I I only came to the game this year. I only heard about it in like. March, April, something like that. It just popped up on Amazon as like a recommended, hey, you might like this. And I was like, hell yeah, I might. Like a biker boy in a post-apocalyptic world with zombies. Fuck yeah. Sign me up. I want to play that game. Yeah. And then of course I got into it and the story for me was what really grabbed me. The whole story. And, and we have spoilers on this podcast so we can talk about the whole, the ending and the twists and all of that. When you really get into Deacon's drive to find Sarah and the conflict within him that you see through Boozer and especially through Ricky, uh, where they're kind of like trying to get him to grieve and move on and like process his grief uh, and let her go and kind of stop living in the past. And he has to heal, and he's like pushing away from it. That I found really, really interesting. And then you couple that with this dangling idea of maybe it's false hope that she's that Sarah is still alive. And you just it's so conflicted for Deacon, like you want him to heal, but you want him to also pursue this this line, this this uh, clue that he's had that Sarah might still be alive. And you want him to find her. And I was like, oh, my God, how is this going to turn out? What is going to happen? And it it just at that point, I was like, okay, I'm hooked. I'm hooked because of the characters and the story.
1: Well, I mean, when the game started, uh, you know, even the first couple of hours, I was sure Sarah was dead, you know. Right. No no doubt in my mind. I mean, I had no intention on her popping up in the game or it even leading in that direction. So when it finally does, it was like, wow, this is actually happening. This is going to be really, really cool. This is going to be this awesome, amazing reunion. And the battle that you have to you know, go through on the way to get to that point, um, that makes the game a lot of fun. And in terms of zombie games, I really love zombie games. I mean, I played the original Dead Island, you know. Mm-hmm. As much as it sucked, I played it and I had fun with it. It, it, The game sucked. It was not a good game, but it was a fun game. And I think you can be a a shitty game, but a fun game at the same time. I don't think those things have to be the same. But in Days Gone, I think this game was just very, very underrated. A lot of people slept on this game. Anyone that I talked to that actually played the game and played the game through, uh, they loved this game. And mm-hmm. I love this game, and I got the platinum trophy on this game. You know,
0: cool. Yeah, the, I I moderate the subreddit for Days Gone, and it's oh, like every That's other cool. day. Yeah, every other day, there's someone who pops up who's like, "Guys, I just finished this game, and it's amazing!" And everyone's like, "Uh huh." They're like, "Am I?" Does everyone else think that it's really cool and like I don't <laughs> want to play any other games but this one? And everyone's like, "Uh huh." <laughs> I tell you, every week there's more people. And I mean, I like I said, I got into the game this year, so I'm very late to the party. And it's just fully hooked me. You know, I moderate the subreddit. I started a podcast. I, it's the only game I play now. It's like it's ruined all of the games for me. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm just obsessed with it. It's hard to pinpoint exactly why everyone seems to get so hooked by it. But so it the way, really does suck you in. The
1: way you play games and the way I play games are a little bit different. So I played Days Gone back when it released in 2019. I did everything that there was to do in the game. I beat the game. I got the platinum trophy. And then I said goodbye thinking ultimately that, you know, there was going to be a sequel. And when I found out earlier this year that there's not going to be a sequel, uh, that was a big fucking bummer for me. I got to be honest, you know. I don't know what's going on over there at Sony, but they're really fucking up right now. Uh, (laughs) Listen, this is just all rumor mill. uh, But I heard that they wanted like the Ben Studio to like remake like an Uncharted game or something like that, and then Ben was like, "Go fuck yourself." And I can't, I can't be mad at them for that. Like we want Days Gone too. We don't want another Uncharted game. Well, I mean, I'm
0: also. I'm also a big fan of Uncharted. Um, but no, I, it's funny you bring that up because the last episode of this podcast, that was all about Days Gone 2. And you're you're sort of half right in that they said, uh, they, so what happened was Bend pitched a sequel to Days Gone, which from what I heard was kind of more of a, a co-op uh, multiplayer type game. And Bend turned it down and said, no, we uh, sorry, Sony turned it down and said, no, we don't want to do that. And that's the only thing that's been pitched. And then they put Bend on, they kind of split the company and did like half of it was working on the Uncharted thing and the other half was on something else. I I forget what it was. And then various people got pissed off with that and people left the company and and whatnot. And now they're actually working on new IP, which nobody knows what that means because they haven't announced anything yet. But I really see this as being a, a kind of the last of us scenario where you know we wait for ages and sony's saying no 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 they'll never be a sequel no 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 no. until suddenly oh they're working on a sequel
1: well, well, So listen, i don't know if talks. the
0: new ip is like yeah. a code word or so or like a you know a lie and they're actually I'm, working I'm with on you sequel
1: listen n- never say never and we're talking right. to someone who my favorite game of all time was the original shenmue on sega dreamcast and then shenmue 2 which came out in either 2000 or 2001 on the dreamcast and then it released exclusively on the original xbox and it took 19 years to get Damn. Shenmue 3 which released in 2020 so never say never never I don't say care never. what they got i don't listen <laughs> crowd funding i don't care do what you got to do we just got to make this thing happen because i definitely want to see them have the opportunity to even improve upon that formula that they that they had for mm-hmm. days gone uh because i played a lot of zombie games you know Dying Light, one of my favorite games from the last generation. Can't wait for Dying Light 2. But something that Days Gone did better than Dying Light was Days Gone had just these hordes of zombies. And I remember the first time that I came across a horde, it was just terrifying. Mm -hmm. And, And the horde just tore me to pieces, like almost instantly. And then over time... I got better at attacking the horde. I learned how to pick them off little by little, you know, and I just got better at it. And before you know it, you know, I was just running through the hordes. And it was just so cool to see that progression in the game, how you just have to think and have to pick these zombies apart and have to really use your brain to fight these things. Mm -hmm. And that's something that Days Gone did really, really well.
0: Yeah. You can't see me right now, but I am nodding. I had the same experience. (laughs) The first time I saw a horde, I didn't know what was happening because I don't think they'd been explained yet in the game. Uh, Or if they did, I'd sort of forgotten about it. I just saw them like creeping over a hill. It was sunrise and they're creeping over a hill to go back to their their nest and they hadn't seen me. And I just saw them and I was like, what the fuck? And I just like backed up and just turned and ran. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to deal with that later. And I just ran. And then when you have to deal with them in the game, it took me like an hour and a half, two hours to kill my first horde because I was so crap at it and would do the same thing, like pick off a few and then run away and then come back and like pick off a few more or plant some bombs. And then I wouldn't take out that many because I hadn't positioned the bombs in the right place or whatever. And I'd run away and loop back around. And, and it just it took so long. And now I'm at the point where I'm not... I'm not scared of the hordes, but I'm I'm trying to be a little more efficient, and my I'm playing on a harder level now, so like my resources are more scarce, so I'm trying to to only use like one Molotov or, or one napalm Molotov yeah. or, or a couple if I have the resources, um, and just you know trying to rely more on the guns because you can always buy more ammo, like it's easy to get.
1: Yeah, it's I fun mean, when, how, you,
0: how your strategy kind of changes. No,
1: it, it it is fun. And, uh, you know, when you finally do end up killing that horde, man, it's so satisfying. Mm-hmm. And especially when you get down to like the last few and you realize that this shit is actually happening. I'm going to get you guys and that's going to be it. It's, I it's very take satisfying.
0: The, I always take out the last few with uh, like my melee weapon <laughs> <laughs> or, or like up a shotgun and, or something. Close and yeah.
1: personal, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like to go in there and be like, I'm not afraid of you. Even though it was five minutes before, I was like running away.
1: I know. I mean, just the first time you see that amount of zombies on your screen, which you've never seen before. You've never seen that many like, you know, NPCs just on your screen like that Mm -hmm. and all trying to attack you. It's almost like mind bending the first time you see it.
0: And I love the AI as well. The way the AI makes them sort of spread out and they start to kind of flank you. Because it would be great if they just all followed the same line and you could easily set up a bunch of bombs or, or whatever mines, but they don't, they kind of like swarm around you, which is like annoying <laughs> because I want to kill them all and it'd be easier if they all just stood in a straight line. Um, but I think that's really cool for the game designers to, to think about how they might kind of use a little bit of strategy.
1: Yeah, which, you know, me personally, I like using my brain in a video game. It's kind of fun, you know, Uh, I like a challenge. I like playing the harder video games. Yeah. So, I mean, Days Gone definitely does present very unique challenges and very unique, you know, even types of zombies that you will encounter over the course of the game, which is pretty cool.
0: What kind of play style do you use? Are you more of a stealth player or a guns blazing player or somewhere in between?
1: No, I'm definitely very stealth based in my approach. On pretty much any video game that gives me the option to play stealth based. I will always choose that approach and that is from historically my favorite video game or one of my favorite video games of all time was the original splinter cell on the xbox and you really had to play stealth base and that kind of just put me in that stealth based mindset for video games so i love when a game gives you the option to take that stealth approach and use your brain even like the uh you know the batman arkham games will give you that stealth style approach and so does Days Gone. You can really pick how you want to approach battles with both humans and zombies. So I'm definitely very much of a stealth-based gamer.
0: Yeah, same. Same here. I, I, I'm I, just not very good at aiming.
1: <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> with, would say, you know, I, would it's say just, I suck. Yeah, I, would give, I think I would it's because- kill immediately in like Call of Duty or anything like that.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Me too. I think my my favorite game of all time was the original Tomb Raider. And that was really my sort of introduction to gaming and, and the PlayStation, especially. And with that game, you don't aim. It aims for you, has like an auto-aim. So yeah. I I think I don't know, that might have just sort of cemented it in my head of like, I don't need to bother aiming. Uh, but yeah, I I just kind of I always overshoot and like overstay. And I do the same ride in the bike. When I'm driving the bike around and I I I'm like trying to dodge a car or a freaker or a tree or something. I'll massively oversteer. And I'm like, why? I I know I'm doing it. And I try to compensate. But then I overcompensate and steer the other way. And then I end up crashing into a different tree and knocking off half my health. Are you any good with the bike?
1: I would say I'm adequate on the bike. The The only thing I don't like about the bike, I guess I wouldn't say I don't like it. It's just kind of annoying because I'm very OCD. It's having to replace the gas. Like I do appreciate the fact that it's there, but I'm so OCD that my eye is constantly on the gas tank and I'm like, oh my God, okay, I got to get gas. I got to get gas. I got to constantly stay like over half a tank or full. Um, so that's my biggest gripe with the bike is the gas. I understand why it's there. I do think it's cool, but uh, my OCD, that gas gives me anxiety.
0: Ah, uh, Yeah, no, I get that. I, I play down to kind of a quarter tank. <laughs> when it hits yellow, I'm like, oh shit, because I did run out of gas one time and it was really annoying because I was surrounded by, um, I forget the mission, it, it was right before you go back down south to take on the militia camp. Um, and you've already got the, the truck that boozes in with the fertilizer and you know the truck bomb. And there's a couple missions where you have to take out some of the militia camps that are north of the mountains. And there's one that's by a lake. And there's a house or a bunch of houses, like, a, um, I always think of them as, like, fraternity houses. And they've sort of taken over the area. And there's also another uh, another group that's across the lake. And there are two hordes in the region. And a bunch of the fucking, the, um, what are they called? The uh, cougars. They were just, I kept getting, like... <laughs> pounced on by the cougars and i'm like just give me a break i'm trying (laughs) to find gas i could there was actually gas there and i drove past it. i didn't see it and so i was going around i kept getting chased and shot at and you know chased by the horde and the fucking cougars kept coming and getting me and i ended up running out of gas and i had to like just run on foot for miles (laughs) out of the area go find gas come back it was so frustrating and it was like right near the end of the game right in this really difficult spot where there's enemies on all sides. And I ran out of gas because I couldn't find this gas can. That now I see it is like, how did I miss it?
1: Yeah. Uh, again, the anxiety. I yeah. do like how the the gas canisters will fill up the entire tank though. That's pretty oh, cool. Oh, they're so.
0: magical. But you can't yeah, use them you... to make <laughs> molotovs, which is weird.
1: Yeah. You know what? Don't, don't ask questions. All right. Let the <laughs> game be the game. Everything doesn't have to make sense, I guess.
0: I think that was one of the things that I, I wish they'd put a little more thought into or a lot more detail. And maybe it's something that when, and I'm gonna say when, not if, when they make a sequel, maybe they can to can fix these things. But like the the versatility of the kerosene and the the gasoline, um, it's very well the kerosene is kinda of, you can make a lot of weapons with that. But the gasoline, like you can't use it for anything other than refilling your bike. I guess you can shoot the gas cans and blow them up, but Aside from that, it's like, I'd love to be a, can't you make a Molotov out of, you know, gasoline in a bottle with a rag? Like, I'm <laughs> pretty think, sure that right? would work.
1: I don't the, know. This I, game I, This game just did, did so much right, though. I mean, you know, when when Boozer was sick at the beginning of the game, mm-hmm. and I'm, I like Boozer, and I'm like, please don't fucking die. I was like, sure, he was going to die. Um, so this game just does a really good job of, like, protecting the characters that I think You care about most, which some might say that that's a bad thing, but this game does a good job of giving you that satisfaction. And so, when Boozer survives both times at the beginning and the end, uh, Mm -hmm. it made me very happy as a player. So I, I, I would really, you know, like to take the time to appreciate Ben for not killing off the people that we love.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a risky thing to do in a video game because obviously you want your characters to feel like they're in danger, or you want to feel like your characters are in danger. But if you fall in love with a video game character and then they kill them, looking at you, The Last of Us Part Two, people sometimes don't want to be invested in the game at that point. Like you killed my favorite character, I don't feel like playing you. And it's it's fine if it's in like a TV show or a movie because you can kind of keep going. There's less time investment. But with yeah, a video yeah. game, and especially Days Gone, it's huge. So if you killed Boozer halfway through and he was my favorite character, I just, I might not want to go back to it. And once you don't go back to a game and you move on to something else, well, then you, you're you not probably likely to go back to it.
1: But it was, you know, it such a, it was a twist in a way. Like, I'm glad they didn't kill him, but I was so sure he was going to die. You know, especially the end. That sacrifice. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, that's it. That's done. I can at least, you know, appreciate going out the way that he went out. That was a pretty badass way to go out. Uh, but I was, I was happy that he survived. Oh I yeah, I want to see him he back changed. in the sequel, kicking ass again. You know,
0: is is he your well, favorite? Is character?
1: it is it the uh, is it the left hook or the right hook? I forget which army or you know which army lost, but he's got he's he got lost a nice either the right, either, one. The right mm-hmm. one, so he's got a nice left hook. So I want yeah. to see that left hook being <laughs> utilized some more in the sequel.
0: Definitely, is Boozy your favorite?
1: I would say so. I would say so. I just I know a lot of people find him cheesy, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's, there, there's a certain charm about him, you know, and his yeah. relationship that he has with Deacon, you know that. True brotherhood, where these guys really care about each other and love each other, and they're going to have each other's backs to the end. Uh, just that type of chemistry just really makes me appreciate him because I can see him like be, he would be like that in real life. For me, if I had a brother or a friend like that, which I do have someone like that, it's pretty close. So I can kind of relate to Boozer in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing with Boozer is he has like a very kind of one dimensional. facade like he he wants to be seen as just this tough guy who's like kind of prideful and you know he doesn't want to admit that he's sick because it's a sign of weakness and well I'm not going to be weak and it's like you think in that moment like oh dude just get over yourself like obviously (coughs) you've got gangrene or blood poisoning or whatever like get your fucking shit together but as the game progresses you learn there's actually a lot more to him, and like the past tragedy with his wife dying, and you have to do you know all the missions that's about finding a reason for him to keep living and to keep surviving. It makes him a real person, and it, you really start to see this arc that he has where he kind of gets in touch with himself in a way, or his his emotions. I don't know how to describe it, but like his almost spiritual place in the universe, not in really a religious, spiritual kind of way, but on that level.
1: No, definitely, just a great character, yeah, through and through.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to decide who who my favorite is. Um, I mean, I really like Ricky. She was she was definitely my favorite when we got to Lost Lake and kind of really got into her personality and and how she relates to not how she relates to, but how she influences Deacon or tries to, and how she has like a real good head on her shoulders. She sees the world for how it is, but she's also still an optimist. A- and also, like actively trying to fix things, she's like a better version of Iron Mike because Iron Mike is an idealist to a fault, whereas Ricky is kind of like an idealist in a way, but also still a realist.
1: Yeah, yeah. I-, I mean that's a very that's a very good point. Iron Mike is is very old school, and you know, like they say, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. So he's kind of stuck in his way of thinking. And Iron Mike, gonna Iron Mike. Um, <laughs> yeah. Still really like the character though. Still think mm-hmm. overall, um, e- even if you know the way he handled certain situations, um, I don't know. I still feel like his heart was in the right place.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, if if I was in this world, I would be kind of like an Iron Mike. I am an idealist. I, I would sort of cling to that idea of rebuilding civilization, and it in a blinded kind of way that it would probably end up <laughs> getting me killed because I don't know if I would have the um, the the right skills to survive. Not in terms of like the physical <laughs> skills that they have, but yeah. like the the social skills of like getting people to to trust you or or trusting other people, and uh, and you really have to rely on on everyone. I've just made it sound like I'm a really unlikable person. Uh, I'm not. I get on with people, but I think I would have like an idealistic point of view that yeah, maybe no, would it. just be irrelevant.
1: So you would be like schizo.
0: <laughs> no, but interesting. No, I'd be the opposite. I would be Iron Mike. Um, but interestingly, you bring up Schizo. He is actually my my all time favorite character.
1: Oh no! In- <laughs> don't don't do the, Don't do this! You know, you know the problem I have with Schizo is I don't I can't take him seriously as a villain because I, I know in real life I could kick Schizo's ass. So I don't take him seriously because he's not like like it, just that. He's not a villain, you know. And they try to make him out to be a villain so hard. I but mean, like, he uh,
0: but he is though because uh, yeah, you you totally could just kick his ass. But the the point is that in Lost Lake, in Iron Mike's yeah. camp, it's this weird thing where they're trying to rebuild civilization in terms of you know democracy and a fair trial and all of that. And Schizo, he's a weasel. He's a fucking little weasel, he, and he, he really will make is. you That's... look bad. And he knows how to do it. And he uses just enough truth and just enough lies. To make everyone look bad, and also you, there's a collectible that you find in the game that's his shit list, and it's all the people that disappeared when you first get to Lost Lake, and you have to go find people who've like yeah. wandered off. It's like he fucking got rid of them, so he is wow. actually doing a lot of shit behind the scenes, and I think that's what makes him dangerous. And then, of course, when he gets the militia and <laughs> gets you, you know, the death penalty. Oh my um, god, that's I mean, that's sure I he's not villain. I like, just
1: wanted to choke him. Again, I know. At that at that point, you know.
0: Yeah. No. I'm when I say he's my favorite and it, and it was, it I don't wasn't like really, it. wasn't
1: really. You know, it wasn't really a boss fight anyway. You know.
0: No. No, it wasn't. It was deservedly so. Just a cutscene because he he can't fight.
1: Yeah. So I guess you know? I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I mean, he he's not really a boss. He is kind of a weasel. And when you ultimately do end up taking him out, it goes about the way you would expect it to go. Mm-hmm. But God, was he an asshole!
0: And that's why I like him because he really gets <laughs> under your skin. He's he really does. A- and there was a he moment really where I actually, I actually trusted him. That whole sequence where you go to get the the detonation cord, and you know Deacon's like starting to, it was more like Schizo starting to trust Deacon, and and it's like, oh, okay, if he's starting to trust me, maybe I can start to trust him. Maybe, maybe he's kind of right about Iron Mike, you know, and and this treaty with the Rippers and how it's a really bad idea and yeah, Schizo's he's kind of got a point. And then, of course, you find out he's fucking sold you out to the Rippers, stabbed you in the back. And it was just such a gut-wrenching twist that I didn't see coming. I should have seen it coming, but I didn't. And I was like, damn, you're good. Like, you asshole, but you're good. I walked into that one.
1: Well, rest in peace, (laughs) Schizo.
0: Yeah. What did you think of Lisa, the teenage girl that you have to go... Uh, Air quotes rescue, and she has the whole arc about joining the Rippers, and then by the end, she becomes a drifter and goes off, you know, to kind of live her own life.
1: I think it was a good subplot, and I think every game needs something like that because anything to do with like kids or teenagers, especially for me in video games, it just really gets me like emotionally invested, and I don't want to see anything bad happen to this person. Mm -hmm. Um. So I do I do appreciate those types of uh, storylines in video games. And, um, you know, you can only do what you can can do. You know, I, you think that they're safe, you put them in a position, and then, boom, they end up somewhere else. And it's kind of out of your hands. But I do appreciate the, the fact that you kind of got every opportunity in this game to try to put Lisa in the best possible position. And, you know, Deacon never really gave up on her.
0: Yeah. I, I like her story on paper, you know, like the way you just described it. it. It's such a good arc, but for some reason, it didn't connect for me. I just didn't, I didn't really like her, and I feel bad saying that. <laughs> but, because I mean,
1: but, but what about when you finally get to, like, the Ripper camp, you know, and then you see? Did that not have any kind of, like, emotional toll on you?
0: No, it, but I, that's the thing. Like I feel like it should have done. And I'm kind of disappointed in myself that it didn't, but there was just something, I don't know if it was the way she was introduced or like, I, I missed something or something. I, I, I don't know. I just got the wrong idea about her. Maybe it stemmed from the way that she's been living out in the ship for two years and like surviving. And then you bring her back to the camp and she's like, oh, I don't want to be here. And it's like, well, why, why did I bother? Like, she was fine. She was doing a thing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's something I've missed with like a, an insinuation that something else was going on with her or that she was already partially in with the Rippers or something like that. Like, I feel like I missed something, but it just didn't really didn't really click right from the get go with me. And that sort of soured my whole view of her. Unfairly to her, I will say. I I I feel like I should like her.
1: Well, it's and, and I think I mean that could be the theme of this podcast episode: the way that you know each individual person that plays the game connects differently with these characters based off of your personal experiences in life or just mm. the way that you approach the game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. True.
1: And, and you know, but before we do get out of here, I do want to absolutely praise the music in the video game fantastic music. You know, when, when you're on the bike riding up the mountain and mm. they're playing Billy Ruffles' Hell or High Water, which is like become one of my favorite songs, just beautiful.
0: The whole, all the visuals and the sound effects and the music it is really thoughtful. It's perhaps the best part of the game. The, the light, the wind, the weather, the music, the sound effects, the, the songs, It. It all just paints this very kind of evocative image in your head of the world that you're in. It kind of draws you in, but it feels very cinematic. And that's yeah. That's and I mean, one e- of even like,
1: even when they're you know playing songs around the campfire with a guitar, you know, right? That's pretty cool too. Because I could see in a in a real life apocalypse type of situation like this that. Someone who could play music and you know play the guitar sitting around the campfire that could bring you some peace
0: mm-hmm. in a world
1: like this, and I just really thought that that was a very nice touch,
0: yeah, and I love all the the conversations that you overhear, the kind of layer like sometimes people are talking about their old life and what they used to yeah. do, or you know there's a lot of conversations about things that are happening off screen and and you know in the world and it's it just really feels very thoughtful and very well thought out and textured, I guess is the word I'm looking for. Um, They did a a fantastic job with this game. It is truly immersive and detailed and and just so compelling and so addictive.
1: Very. And and it gets better as you play, you know? Mm Mm-hmm
0: one of my favorite things to do is to drive around and try to find little scenes you know of like hints of of stories of things that have happened before you even started playing the game like you know you go into a house and there's like a children's room or something or you find like a grave and it has like you know flowers on it or something like that and it's like oh what what happened here who are these people you know when you find someone who's like committed suicide in some cabin up on the mountain and you're like whoa what did they go through and here they are like you just running through looking for ammo or for kerosene raiding the bodies and it's like wait a minute someone someone lived a whole life and it ended here
1: yeah it's a beautiful world it's a beautiful sad world yeah and i'm like i'm with you you know i'm very much the type of person that likes to Again, I said it a couple of times, but I'm very OCD. So I have to explore like every single room, every corner. You know, I have to do a circle around a house or wherever I'm at. And this is any video game, not just Days Gone. So I'm like OCD when it comes to just like exploring, which sometimes in an open world game like this, that can be very overwhelming for someone like me. Um, But I absolutely appreciate the fact that they take the time to add these bits and pieces into the game. Because as great as it is, that makes it even better.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. Well, thank you so much for for joining me tonight. This was super, super, super fun. It was so great to have someone to talk to. And it's not just me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like definitely. Rambling. You should, have, into more, into my you own should microphone. have more guests on in the future. Yeah, I have a few in mind. You're you're the first. Uh, you you get that trophy. Um, well, yeah, ho- I have hopefully, a few. Hopefully I represented,
1: I represented the Weird Crew podcast well. Hopefully you I didn't did. bore you guys to sleep on this podcast, you know. <laughs>
0: no i think i think you you definitely brought a lot to this episode and i i appreciate it i appreciate you setting up Zencaster for us and um i just appreciate your time and i i appreciate that you you know reached out to me in the first place and and that we connected on instagram it's always good to make new friends You can email me your thoughts, comments, opinions, and counter-arguments at daysgonepod at gmail.com. You can also find me moderating the Days Gone subreddit. Thanks for listening. Weaver out.